Welcome to Strong Men, Strong Marriages. My name is Mike Frazier, MD, your BYU and UCLA-trained marriage coach. My mission is to help you get strong, get attractive, and get a strong, joyful, and intimate marriage, no matter how bad it is right now. You can do it, and I can help you. Let's do this. All right, man, I'm so excited about uh, what I'm going to be sharing with you today about God's relationship with you. So really, there's these foundational relationships that will help you throughout your life that really create how you experience life. So those three relationships, you know, when it comes to improving your marriage, this is what they are. So first one is God's relationship with you and your relationship with God. The next one is your relationship with yourself. And finally, there's your relationship with your wife. Then that also extends out to other people. Now, when you build the relationships in this order, you get the best and most lasting results. But first, I really want to define what a relationship is. So relationship is the thoughts and feelings that you have about another person. This is the, the clearest way to describe it. Okay, and then those thoughts and feelings are going to fuel actions and intentions that we have towards other people. So God's relationship with you then is his thoughts and feelings about you. Now, if you don't believe in God, as we're talking about this, you know, think about the universe or the higher, your higher power or, you know, whatever it might be that is sort of something bigger than yourself that you believe in, right? But for the, through this, we're going to be talking about God and his relationship with you. So I want you to really consider and take a minute to ask yourself, what do you believe that God's thoughts and feelings are towards you? You When God thinks about you, what does he think? How does he feel towards you? So when you really understand God's relationship with you, you start to think very differently about life. So The book, You Are Special by Max Lucado, really captures this idea so well. And if you haven't read it, go pick it up, read it, you know, find it, go through it. It's amazing. So we're going to kind of summarize it here, but there's this uh, this town called the Wemmicks, and there's these people that, uh, basically it's people, (laughs) and they walk around and they give each other a gold star if the person's doing something that they like. Maybe they're strong or maybe they, you know, have money or maybe they, you know, can juggle or whatever. And if people are not so, you know, don't have those talents or don't have those skills, they give them these gray dots. Okay. So as we go through life, a lot of times we're trying to gain stars and avoid dots. So those stars are their approval from God or from other people. Okay. And, you know, when we're going for this, what we're really hoping is, man, you know, hopefully sometime we'll have enough stars that, you know, we'll be, we'll feel good about who we are, right? We'll be approved. Okay. We'll get that stamp of approval, that gold star. The other thing that starts to happen is we start to compare ourselves to other people, right? We say, okay, well, I have this many stars and they have that many, or I have this many dots and they have that many. So, you know, I'm sort of above them in the social standing, but also, just how you feel about yourself. You know, you start to feel maybe superior or inferior to the people around you. Okay. And then dots, that's disapproval from God or from others. Okay. So again, 
if you're a a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or another Christian church, a lot of times we we try to go about trying to win God's approval of us by being obedient, right? Get enough gold stars so we can go to heaven, right? Avoid enough dots so that we, you know, don't go to hell or we don't feel bad or, you know, whatever it might be. Okay. So when we when we have these dots, you know, we start to feel inferior. Oh, you know, I'm not going to church as much. I'm not serving as much as that person, or I don't have as much money, or I'm not as smart or whatever it is. Okay. So again, there's lots of different areas this comes, comes apart, comes across. So it can be in money, right? Where, you know, we're, the more money we have, we feel better. We feel superior. If we have less than people, we feel less than our career, right? If we have achieved a certain level, whether that's, you know, I'm, I went through medical schools, so that's, you know, pretty high level of uh, training and career. And a lot of times I got a lot of my worth out of that saying, well, I went this far, farther than other people. So I feel better about myself because of that. Um, school, getting good grades, right? In your community, if you're a leader or not, if you're contributing or not in your church, right? Are you in leadership positions there? In our church, we have these terms, active and less active that, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of distinguish between, you know, it kind of creates maybe a layer that doesn't need to be there. Um, Temple worthy or not, you know, another term from our church, you know, they can kind of, it it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a way that you compare yourself to others, but a lot of times it can be. Uh, For your wife, right? Are you always trying to get her approval, you know, so that she will give you attention, appreciation and sex? Or, you know, with your your family, like your parents, where did you grow up trying to win their approval all the time and you try to avoid their disapproval? I think it's kind of normal to grow up doing that, but eventually we want to, you know, come out of that. Now, when you are in this mindset of trying to win stars, right, and avoid dots, you start to say yes to a lot of things. Okay, you start to say, yeah, I'll do that. You know, if your job asks you to do something, yeah, I'll do that because you want that gold star, right? If your wife says, hey, can you go, you know, take care of this for you? Say, yeah, I'll do it. And then your your work says, oh, hey, you know, you need to, can you do this? Oh, yeah, you know, I'll be there. And then you start saying yes, yes, yes to everything until, and you have a hard time saying no because you think, oh, that's going to earn me dots. My wife won't like it if I say no. My my church won't like it. My um you know, my friends won't like it. My fam- my mom and dad won't like it. And you have these, you run into these issues where you can't seem to balance. Okay. You start feeling overwhelmed and resentful, man, you know, people, they always want me to do everything and I can't seem to balance it. Like if you have a lot of stress between your in-laws and your wife, you know, part of that is this issue that you are having a hard time saying no, because you don't want those dots, right? You want the stars. The other thing that happens, right, is you get stuck in comparison. Either you start feeling prideful because you feel like you have more stars than other people, more money, a better career, you know, got better grades at school, you do more in your community, you're more of a leader at church, Um, you know, or you start feeling really bad, you know, oh, these guys have more money, these guys have a better career, they did better in school, they're doing more in the community, they're doing more in church, okay? So, that's what can happen if you're just chasing these these stars and trying to avoid these dots all the time. So what I want you to really consider is how does God really see you? And the way you can start seeing this is how do you see your kids? 
Do you love one of your kids more than the other? Do you love them more than the other? Okay, does your love change for them depending on what they do? Okay, sure. If one if one kid's being, you know, rude to the other or whatever, you know, you might get upset with them, but your care for them, your love for them doesn't really change. And why is it, you know, that you want them to be kind, that you want them to have good friends, that you want them to do well in school? You know, you want that for them so that they can be happier. You know, it's not really about you. Now, if you're really trapped in this stars and dots thing, sometimes you can get lost in this as a parent, you know, and you want them to achieve certain things because you think that's a gold star for you, right? That you're a good parent. So you got to watch out for that. But when you're in those real moments of, you know, you know, you're being a good parent, you know, that you want these things for them just so that they will have a better life. It's not really about you at all. Okay. And, you know, if they don't choose that, you know, if they do choose not to, you know, do as well in school, if they do choose to, you know, use drugs or have sex or or do whatever, do you end up loving them less? No, you don't love them less. You're sad because they're making decisions that are going to lead to problems. But your love, your concern from them is not less. So again, coming back to that book, You Are Special. So the the idea is there's this guy named Punchinello, and he just has all all gray dots. <laughs> he has no talents, no skills. He falls down all the time, all that. And he meets this girl that has nothing. She has no stars and no dots, you know. And so he's like, "Man, what's going on?" And he talks to her, and she says, "Hey, go talk to Eli." And so he's the maker. He's the person that made all these Wemix is the name of them. So Punchinello he goes up and, and talks to him. And he's like, yeah, I met a girl that didn't have any stars or dots. And Eli tells him, excuse me, Eli says, well, the reason why is she's decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them and it will take time. For now, just come to see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. You are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. I love that. Love that statement. And that's how God sees us. Just he cares so deeply. He believes we're special because he made us and he doesn't make mistakes. God, he really doesn't give stickers or dots. He sees it. He sees and he wants us to see our infinite worth and our infinite potential. He has a perfect and incredible love for us. That's how he sees us. As a loving parent, loving father. So you might be thinking, well, Mike, but what about heaven and hell, right? What about these, you know, you say there's no stars or dots, but what about the punishment for, you know, not following and the reward for following, okay? So God, look, he does want us to choose to follow him instead of Satan. And so he does give us rules to follow. But why? Why does he do that? So there's a scripture in the Book of Mormon, Second uh, Nephi two twenty seven. It says, "Men are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great Mediator of all men, which is Jesus, or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil, for he seeketh that all men might be miserable like unto himself." So what's the key here, right? So again, you know, God, there is you know heaven and hell, there is reward and punishment for sure, but why? <laughs> 
Okay. Because God wants our happiness. Okay. And he wants us to avoid misery. So he lays out these commandments. He's like, Hey, look, if you guys want to be happy, if you want to have joy, if you want to feel good and powerful, here's how you do it. Okay. You can choose that. This is going to be the better way. If you don't, you are going to be miserable. That's just the way that the eternities are set up. That's the way that truth happens. Okay. So that's why, okay. That's why there's a word and punishment. It's just an eternal principle. And God's just trying to say, Hey, look, you know, it's not about our value as a person or as his son. It's just about, Hey, if you want to be happy, this is the way to do it. That's what it's about. It's, it's out of love. You know, he gives these commandments then these punishments are, hey, look, you know, you follow Satan, you're going to be miserable. You really are. So one of the one of the keys you can use, right, is if if you feel like you're trying to follow God in your life, you feel like you're trying to do a good job in your in your work, in your calling, in your family, but it feels miserable. Okay, that can be your that's a clue. Okay, that's a clue that something's off. And probably what's happening is we're trying to earn stars from God or other people and avoid dots, right? We're back in that mindset of, okay, you know, I got to do this. So, so, you know, I can finally feel good enough. So I can finally have, <clears throat> so I can finally have enough stars that I can feel accepted and loved and valued. Okay, we're thinking that finally, when we get that 10th star, that hundredth star, we're going to feel worthwhile and valuable, but it's actually not about the stars at all. It's about understanding how much God loves us and cares about us. You know, that's when all those stars and dots fall off and we just feel solid and strong and great about who we are. So again, if you find yourself feeling like you're trying to follow God, you're trying to do what's right, you're trying to balance all this stuff and you just feel terrible. Again, probably what's happening is you're going after those stars. You're trying to avoid those dots. And that is what is driving that feeling of misery instead of, Hey, you know, I want to do this because I love myself and I know that doing these things are going to lead to a happier life, you know, and I can balance that out. And it doesn't matter so much what other people think about me. I'm trying to follow what God thinks about me. And I know that he cares deeply. Even if I don't follow it, he wants me to so I can be happy. So I'm going to try to follow that the best I can. I'm going to mess up. That's okay. No problem. Right. That's what Jesus came for. Do you believe in Jesus? So how do you get access to this? You know, so in the, in the story, right. And you are special. He goes and sees Eli or God, you know, every day to remind him how much he cares. So how do we do that same thing? So just remember God, he has infinite unchanging love for you. In first John four nineteen, it says we love him because he first loved us. That's what you got to understand. His love was already there for us before you did anything. Just think about your own kid. When when your kid was born, they hadn't done anything, but you love them deeply. Same thing with God. He cares deeply about us. So how can you access it? A great way to do it is to ask and pray to see yourself as God sees you. That's feeling charity or the pure love of Christ. You know, that pure love that God has for us. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8, it talks about charity and how charity never fails. In Moroni chapter 7, <clears throat> excuse me, in Moroni chapter 7, verse 48, it says, Pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that ye may be filled with this love. 
So that's how we do it. We ask to feel it. We take some time to be able to be in that feeling of God's love. Now, if you don't believe in God, just to, you know, meditate, take some time to, to think about how your worth is infinite as a human being and how the purpose of life really is joy. So use joy and misery as your guide as to whether you're in alignment with God's love or not really. Okay? If you are in alignment with God's love, if you feel your value, if that value is not tied to how much money you make or, you know, how many people you help or your calling or what's going on with your kids, right? If your value is tied to knowing how much God cares about you, okay, it just feels great. It feels joyful. And you go through life trying to serve other people and trusting that God's going to take care of you. We all get out of that sometimes, you know, I'm I'm teaching this and I believe it strongly and I'm in it much more than I used to be, but there's definitely still times where I come out of it and I'm, you know, worried about what other people think and what my wife thinks and what, you know, how much money I'm making or not making definitely, but I'm getting much better now pulling myself back into this alignment and remembering, Hey, God's going to take care of me. God cares. God loves me. And the way that I succeed in life is by serving others, using my gifts to serve others. That's what feels best. Okay. When I'm in that alignment, everything else comes together. The other thing, you, the other clue that you want to watch out for is joy and misery is one clue, right? If you feel miserable when you're trying to do what's good, <laughs> you're off base and you're probably, again, trying to earn that feeling of being finally worthy, being finally worthwhile, being finally good enough. And it feels miserable because, you know, you're trying to earn something that can't be earned and doesn't need to be earned. It's already given freely. So the other other thing to watch out for is pride or feeling better than others. That means you're out of alignment with God's love because you're trying to, you know, find worth by getting more stars, by feeling like you have more stars. Or, you know, comparing yourself when you start feeling worse than others, that's when you're worried about those dots, right? And getting into that mindset. So again, if you're in comparison mode, you know you're out of alignment with God's love for you. So as a summary about God's relationship with you, just again, if you don't believe in God, just meditate on your infinite value as a human being and how that's equal to all others and really try to sense and feel that, you know, from whatever higher power you believe in. But as far as God's thoughts and feelings about you, just know like you're his son. Okay? I know there's some women to listen to, to listen to this too. So you're his daughter, right? He loves you deeply and he wants your happiness. That's the bottom line. You know, he really does. You know, he wants you to choose him and follow him. But why? Because that's what's going to bring you the most joy in your life. 100%, you know, as you follow him. And that's why he wants it right? He wants you to have joy and avoid misery. He doesn't want to, so finally, okay, yeah, Mike, you, you know, you went to church enough times, you went to church this many times, okay, yeah, you pass, you you get that, that grade. So school has really hammered this into us too, right? Pass, fail, A, B, C, D. It's like, okay, you're this good, but you're not as good as that other person. That's just not how God sees us, right? He sees us as inherently valuable. He says, hey, you know, come follow me so you can find joy in your life. So God, really, he does not give stars or dots. He's not trying to take this tally and measure, okay, you kept this many commandments, now come on in, you know, or, you know, you didn't keep this many commandments, so you're out, right? He's not trying to keep track of that. What he's trying to do is say, hey, look, 
you know, this is the way to joy. This is the way to happiness. So come on, like, let's do this. Come follow me. You know, he gives you that path and he also loves you enough to let you choose one way or the other. You can choose happiness. You can choose misery. Of course, he's sad if you choose misery, but he's going to leave that up to you. Also, he knows sometimes you are going to choose misery. Sometimes you are going to go off course. He knew that. He understands that. And that's why he gave you a way to come back at any time. Come back from misery into joy through Jesus, right? That was the whole point. That's how much he cares about us. He knew sometimes we'd choose the wrong way. No problem, right? That's why we have Jesus there. Think about the prodigal son. This guy goes, he runs off. He spends all his money. You know, he got lots of dots, right? He lost all his stars, (laughs) but he comes back and he's welcomed with joy. You know, that's the whole thing. Like Jesus saw him as so, or God saw him as so valuable. He's just so glad when he came back. The other thing too, God, he's available to you at all times through prayer. You know, he's always there for you. So take the time, you know, really pray to feel this love. That scripture says with all the energy of heart, you know, just not like, oh yeah, help me feel love. No, with all the energy of heart, help you feel that love. To see yourself as God sees you. Okay. To know his thoughts and his feelings for you. Okay. Really tune in. Um, for the guys in my program, I have a, a whole worksheet to go through that helps you really do this at a deep level. Um, and to go through that book, you are special because it really helps hammer in this concept. So, all right, man, yeah, this is powerful. You know, building that relationship with God, understanding God's relationship with you, his thoughts and feelings about you. It's so powerful because when you feel that, you stop trying to earn these stars and dots and avoid the dots. You stop trying to finally feel worthy. You realize you already are. And you try to follow God because you realize that's going to bring you joy. And you start to love him because he loved you first. All right, man, stay strong. We'll see you next episode. Hey, if you're ready to become the strongest and most attractive version of yourself, and create the best relationship you have ever had with yourself, your wife, and your children in 90 days or less, come join us in the Strongman System. I guarantee you'll have the best relationship you have ever had with your wife in 90 days or less or your money back. Visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how, and I'll see you there.